Welcome to episode 93 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie, and producer, Johnny Pham. Guys, we have a big show this week. We've got some playoffs talk. I know it may seem a little early because we're still a couple weeks out, but it's never too early to start prepping for playoffs, and now is the time when a lot of teams might be clinching those spots uh, and thinking ahead to the postseason. Dalton, how are you doing on this fine night? I am doing great. The NFL still does not make sense, but we get a Bengals-Kansas City Chiefs matchup this weekend, Mm -hmm. um, and I am ready for revenge Mahomes. I hope so. I hope it goes better than the last time I thought we were going to get Revenge Mahomes against the Bengals. Johnny, how are you? <laughs> when, when you when, Okay, you're talking about fantasy playoffs right now, right? Okay, okay. Uh, you know Dalton is also going to be in, in said playoffs. Uh, ah, okay. In uh, fact, I am the returning champion of that league, so I uh, see that, of see that really part, well represent us last year. That part I didn't remember, but I do. Oh remember. yeah, I did. Uh, let I me did. change my name back to champs in the league. Oh, okay, right that'd probably be good. But it, it, <laughs> uh, we're the Overland Park Priests. No relation <laughs> to location. Okay, let's probably not <laughs> probably not get this podcast canceled by uh, somebody who actually cares about about this kind of thing. Uh, like I said, we've got some good playoff primer stuff uh, for this podcast. Uh, Dalton and I are each going to give a couple of playoff strategies uh, that you guys should think about either ahead of the playoffs or obviously during the playoffs. And we'll talk about more of the actual like during playoff strategies during that time but just just things to to keep in mind as you go and and kind of build your roster um and then we're going to try and identify some league winners that's a term that gets thrown around a lot during the season it is probably one of the more popular draft terms when you're when you're doing your research in july and august you know this guy could be a league winner now now we're to the point where we, we really have to start thinking about who could the league winners be? And we're going to have a league winner who's already a starter, a bench guy, and a guy off waivers. So it'll be a different tier of guy for each. And then we'll close out with a little who's that Pokemon just to get get some fun nuggets in on, on a couple of guys around the league. But Dalton, I'll, I'll hand it off to you for your first playoff strategy that you'd like to share with us. Uh, well, this is a pretty popular one. And I think you and me probably both have this one. Uh, but it's getting around that time that you need to start dropping those bench guys who you're never going to start for yep. handcuffs. Yep. Um, I, I had this one number one because, like like you said, I knew that we were both going to have it and, and we could definitely talk about it. Yeah. I mean, a good example, like even going into last week, it was probably time for the really good teams to start dropping ancillary bench guys, like a second tight end even you should probably not have at this point. Mm-hmm. And if you had went and picked up like Zonovan Knight, who was a very popular waiver wire pickup this week. That would have been a guy who should be on your your radar. 
Um, you know, in Kansas City, Jarek McKinnon, even a shot at Melvin Gordon, going across the league, Tyrion yeah. Davis Price and, and Jordan Mason. You know, you want to just try to see which I, guys. You didn't mention Devin Coleman in that mix, who I'm sure will probably get some carries because I he's just Kyle Shanahan eternal. And yes, we we all hate Kyle Shanahan. I I saw somebody on Twitter. I think it was Brett Coleman, but I don't want to say defensively, but it was a football uh, analyst who basically predicted that Shanahan was going to get fired by the end of next season because basically that I think they were just so annoyed that he had, you know, that one goal line sequence where it's like, oh, Kyle Juszczyk, Jawan Jin, like everybody but Depot, Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey, here's your chance to score a touchdown, and they did not score a touchdown. <laughs> Yeah, well, I didn't know this just on the Shanahan talk. They've had the easiest schedule in the NFL, easier than the Eagles, which is pretty hard to do. Um, But, yeah, I think for the playoffs, if there are guys on your roster who you're not going to start, I know this year because of the the schedule change, there are two very annoying buys for fantasy teams, that being the Cardinals and the Packers. So you're probably going to want to keep some of those teams. But if you're – Yeah, but but those guys are the first week of the playoffs, right? The week before, the, the first week before, week before. Yeah. I was okay, okay. But unless but, you're, playing, but if you're, but if you're a double week playoff, then it could be the first week yes. of your playoffs. And if you're playing for a buy, like maybe keep some of those guys. But if you're in the playoffs and you kind of know what spot you're getting at this point, you need to start. Like if you're holding, like Greg Dorch, yeah, Greg Dorch off your roster. Any tight end who's not starting off your roster. Any tight end who's not Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews <laughs> off your roster. <laughs> well, even a guy like you've been stashing, even though he's shown promise lately, like Sky Moore. Like Sky Moore probably isn't doing a ton for your fantasy team in the playoffs. I understand that one may make you a little crazy because he's getting more time with the Chiefs right now, but they've also had a banged up receiver room. Um, but just like receivers in that ilk too, that because a lot of times if there's a receiver injury, it's not not that running back is a one for one fantasy points, but there's a reason why running back handcuffs are so much more valuable. They, they step into more of the starters workload and points and production and all of that than receivers ever do. And, and probably ever will. And just to, to really hammer that point home, I took a look at the championship week last year at the top 20 running backs in week 17 uh, there were guys like, oh, I had the list. There it is. Rashad Penny, the overall RB1. Daryl Williams, who was the RB3. Ramondre Stevenson, who was not the Ramondre Stevenson of this year. He was very much in a committee, if not slightly behind. Uh, Damon Harris, who was like also a top 20 running back that week. So big week for the Patriots. Uh, Boston Scott, I think, was the RB6 that week. A.J. Dillon, Deontay Foreman. Uh, Jair Patterson, remember him? I don't think he's even done a single thing this year, but he was a top 20 back. Ty Johnson, Dontrell Hilliard, uh, Chuba Hubbard, and then you have Daria Gumbawale was the RB21, so just on the fringes. So that's a lot of guys who were not on your radar. Some of those guys were, but a lot of those guys not on the radar for a lot of the season, and they come through and give a top 20 performance to help win leagues. So that that's why this is such an important strategy and important thing you're going to be looking at now while some of them may be still on your waivers. Yep. Um, and one guy I'll throw out there who is probably still on your waivers and is not a running back, um, but I do think has some of that league winning upside is Jameson Williams. He is yeah. going to be back very soon. And I know we did say you're not going to hold those pop receivers, but this guy 
I mean, if he takes over that deep threat role in the Lions offense, and if Amron St. Brown continues his unfortunate injury stretch, there's a really good likelihood that he's a highly valuable player. Yeah, although I, I would still say that I would prioritize a handcuff running back over him. But I agree. If, if, if you have the roster spot, I can definitely see pulling it off. I, I don't want to name too many just handcuff backs because I think we're probably going to get to some of them uh, as we go on throughout the show. But a, a couple that jumped out to me that I wasn't going to talk about later. You mentioned Melvin Gordon. I thought uh, at least throw him out there now. He's on the Chiefs. We just have no idea. He, he's at least uh, – a stash and hold Jarek McKinnon as well has been playing plenty, but probably still out there for a lot of teams. I mean, Dontrell Hilliard, he's almost certainly out there. James Cook is getting used more since the Naheem Hines trade, which is the exact opposite of what we thought was going to happen. He's actually, believe it or not, Dalton, not, it's not unrealistic for him to actually finish the top 40 running back and win me that bet, which I would not have thought a couple months ago that just shows it doesn't take much to do that. Number one. And number two, he actually has been getting more involved lately. And if something were to happen with Singletary, he could get interesting or he's a rookie who has been playing more as the year has gone on. He could just get interesting period. He, even if Singletary is, is still around. I, you know, I know it's coming cause it looks like it is. Um, but that just really doesn't encapsulate the way the season's been for fantasy. Uh-huh. It just makes no sense. The Bills went out and traded for Naheem Hines. James Cook is now getting usage. I do I do think two games, or last game, James Cook had two very bad missed opportunities, but I think they were just rookie missed opportunities. Um, but you're right. That could be a guy, too. I mean, mm-hmm. there, are, there are a lot of guys who, who could be a guy, and that's why this is so hard. And more than likely – you're going to go pick up a couple guys and the starter in front of them will will not get injured. So the opportunity will not arise or you'll pick up a guy and he actually will get a chance and he'll stink because a lot of these guys aren't very good. Uh, they wouldn't be available and backups if they were if they were very good or if they had shown much to this point. But I think the main thing to keep in mind when you're thinking about who you want to pick up is try to look for guys that would be that are like one injury away from a plug and play top 20 guy. Like there's backfields that would be crowded if, if there are injuries and then there's other backfields where you number one, the situation of the team is good. Number two, you kind of know who the backup is. There's higher end examples of that, that you can't go pick up Kareem Hunt, Alexander Madison, Samadre Pirine, although maybe Pirine, Pirine's seemingly always out there at, at some point, maybe someone drops in with Mixon coming back this week. Uh, and AJ Dillon kind of falls into that category too. You probably can't go grab those guys, but a lot of these other guys, I, th- I think you can. Well, and even uh, a popular earlier in the season, Raheem Mostert was out last week. Yeah. He's behind Jeff Wilson, who does not have a good history of staying healthy. Neither does Mostert, but he's a guy too. You know, the immediate startable position right there, if he ends up getting the role, if Jeff Wilson goes down, and I'm sure mm-hmm. he's available. I'll, I'll give my second one here. So obviously that, the to drop the bench receiver or just the useless bench player the the guy you were stashing kind of for for running back handcuffs that was both of our first ones my second one is just to look ahead at matchups and specifically for your streaming candidates like obviously it's great if you have a Derrick Henry who I believe has the easiest playoff schedule of any running back just looking at at, at teams what what they've given up but it's not like 
Josh Jacobs has a hard schedule, so you're benching Josh Jacobs. Which, by the way, shout out to Josh Jacobs, 300 scrimmage yards. The guy actually like legitimately hurt his calf on Friday. I, I think it was more unsure than we realized at the time whether or not he was going to play. Heard it again during the game and then only went out and ran for 86 yards to, to win the game. Just unbelievable stuff from him. But anyway, my number two is to look ahead at matchups and specifically when it comes to your streaming candidates. The Athletic put out a really good strength of schedule article today that if you have an Athletic uh, subscription, I would recommend you go take a look at that. Actually, I think it was so it was yesterday. So it was on Tuesday when this came out. Basically, they just broke it down by position, and it's a very clear picture for Week 13, and then for the playoffs, what positions ha have the easiest schedule. Um, kind of some takeaways from that. The easiest quarterback schedule down the stretch is Mike White's New York Jets. <laughs> oh, my God. So Mike, Mike White could be a thing down the stretch. Uh, Sam Darnold and the Panthers, also a pretty easy quarterback schedule. I'm a little more queasy about, about Darnold, but that perhaps uh, applies maybe more to to DJ Moore. But, like, you know, looking at running back, the Titans. Well, can we just go back to that real quick? Evan? Yeah, yeah. Can you advise our listeners of whether or not they should start Sam Darnold? Let's go ahead and get that one out there. <laughs> I mean, no, you probably shouldn't, <laughs> but – like there's always a but you I don't it depending on who your quarterback is if you, if you're in a position which you obviously are if you're looking to pick up Sam Darnold where you're streaming and you're just trying to hit matchups like I'd have to pull up their exact playoff schedule here but there may be a week in the playoffs especially if Darnold plays well these next two weeks where you may have to leave it in his hands <laughs> because maybe you have Kirk Cousins playing in prime time in a bad matchup and you don't want to go down in flames that way uh so yeah it's it's tough and i think mike white is the more realistic one he plays the lions jags and seahawks the last three games you're going to have more of a sample size it's not going to be as good as it was this first game you're, you're going to see these next couple games if it is sustainable at least you'll have a better idea than, than we do now but he's he's interesting and also, the Jets, obviously, by and large, are interesting down the stretch, too. But, like, Titans and Saints have the two easiest schedules. That's may, Maybe you're still giving Alvin Kamara a chance because you probably have to and just and just praying and hoping for the best. Uh, the Browns have the, the second toughest schedule. That doesn't make you back off Chubb. Maybe what it does is make you back off Kareem Hunt, who has not been, you know, a worthwhile starter this year kind of quietly and like the Texans it's tough sledding for them in the playoffs maybe Damian Pierce has to show you something these next couple of weeks or he might be a guy that you kind of you, you leave on the bench in the playoffs and until he has a good game pretty much but yeah I I, I just think you should look ahead to to matchups and and find a, a, by and large, you should look ahead multiple weeks and, and be looking for streamers. Like it doesn't really help you to know who you're like your top guys have great matchups, but what it can help is if you're deciding between stashing this streaming quarterback or that streaming quarterback for two weeks down the line. Yeah. And I think part of that, and this leads into what my second one was, which was stream your defenses and look now. Mm -hmm. um, 
I know we don't play with defenses anymore because we're, we're not antiquated, but a lot of people still <laughs> do. Uh, but you need to look ahead and see who has those favorable matchups for those. You know, who plays the Indianapolis Colts is probably a good one for your defense to look mm-hmm. at. Uh, the, um, the Houston Texans, the Denver Broncos, and the Chiefs play the Broncos twice in the next four weeks. And the Chiefs yes. also play the Texans in that time span too. The Chiefs are a pretty good streaming defense, so you can probably pick up because they're going to get dropped against the Bengals this week. Yep, uh, there's a great one. Um, you know, guys like the Steelers, even the Steelers are with Watt back have looked better. Um, so look at streaming those options and kind of taking advantage of them as quickly as possible. Um, and grab them. I mean, don't be afraid to stack two of them. Again, drop those ancillary pieces on your roster that you're not starting, you're not using, that aren't worth a position right now. You know, do you really need to, to hold Will Disley? Do you really need to hold Jerry Judy? Like, are those guys that you're really going to be starting? Oh, man, that hit me right in the heart, that Jerry Judy. is <laughs> <laughs> in mean, that I'm... conversation, but, but he is. And, like, you know, back, back to what I was saying about looking ahead for streamers, like, Robert Tunyon, Packers have one of the easiest tight end schedules down the stretch. Like, I think it's probably full steam ahead for Robert Tunyon down the stretch. So I agree position players and defenses for streamers look ahead play the matchups and again drop those ancillary pieces for guys that are going to have good matchups that can help you later on now obviously there's no guarantees that that you're going to be still playing if you pick up a defense for week 16 and week 14 but they're the plan ahead just obviously make sure you don't drop an actual useful piece that you need to help get you there I mean, what's more satisfying than losing to somebody and then knowing they need the piece you picked up that they're going to need two weeks yeah. later? Yeah, and that kind of goes into my next one, number three. Pay attention to your opponent's roster. I don't – we don't really advise that type of thing throughout the season. And when I say pay attention to your opponent's roster, I mean, number one, like you said, roster block them. If you've got an open roster spot – and your opponent, let's say week 15, their quarterback goes down and maybe they have a really good quarterback to where they do not have a streamer as a backup. And you have a spot you can cycle through. You know what? Just go pick up the best tight end off waivers and don't be afraid to spend more of your fab on, on that than what they have if you've got it and, and block your opponent. So that that's number one. I'm definitely always looking for those kinds of moves and then even like paying attention to your opponent's roster and setting your lineup to what you think you need that week and what i mean by that is if you think you're playing a monster which i mean you know you you have everyone has projections everyone knows who's good at this point now you don't know what's going to happen but you at least know what the odds are have some idea going into your matchup if you're projected to lose by by 25 points it's probably time to shoot the moon a little bit this week with your lineups that doesn't mean get crazy and bench an actual good player for a guy that you saw score 25 points one time in week 11 that's not what we're saying but benching a lower upside guy for a higher upside guy or vice versa you know if you if you're the monster team and you just kind of need that safety then it's okay to play the guy that you feel great about getting eight points as opposed to the guy that could get two points or or could get 20 points on a given week if the matchup kind of dictates that for your team. Yeah, 
And I, I think in part of that is the ability to roster block now is important even. Like I said, there's still going to be the Green Bay Packers and Arizona Cardinals who are on by. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people aren't looking at those matchups because uh, that's two weeks from now or a week from now, sorry, um, thinking how they're going to, to fill those roles. And if you're fighting for a playoff spot and someone has DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, or Aaron Jones, now's the time to go get somebody off the waiver wire and not let them get the players they need uh, and just going as far out. I mean, if your opponent also has like a defense that's good right now, that's going to be placing a lot. Like the Ravens have a really tough schedule in the fantasy playoffs and someone has the Ravens defense, which I could see them doing. I would not be opposed to picking up four defenses and watching your opponent have to start like the Lions, you know? <laughs> it's definitely definitely a little dirty, a little low, but you know what? All we care about around here is, is W's at the end of the day. We eat those W's. <laughs> All right, Dalton. Did you did you say your third? Or do you still have a third that you need to give? I've lost track of, of where we've gone. Um, I mean, I have a few like redundant ones. Only hold one quarterback at this point. Like that's one of the ancillary roster spots you can drop. I did also just put pick up Jamison Williams no matter what. Uh, and then just look at your kicker schedule and and start thinking about streaming kickers too. Uh, just trying to make sure I hit those points that no one wants to talk about. God, I didn't even want to think about kickers, but you're right that there are still plenty of people that play in in leagues with kickers and obviously defenses that that we talked about a little bit earlier, and that sadly can can swing playoff matchups in a big way as if you if you guess right in in, in those. It is unfortunate that that is the case that we still have to talk about kickers, <laughs> but some people do it. Okay, so let's move on to, we will call this our league winners draft. And and basically what, what we said and kind of what I said earlier is we each have to draft three guys, a starter, a bench player, and then a waiver wire guy. And we'll do it a snake draft. I don't know if you want to go first. You want me to go first. So we'll do, I, you know, I pick once, you pick twice, or vice versa. And we'll, we'll go through it now. What I will say is we can take these in any order. You just need to have one of each by the end. So, like, for example, if you have a bench player that you're afraid I'm going to take and and you want that guy as one of your three, maybe maybe you can take him number one. Or, you know, if you have – like, I have a starter that I'm not too worried about you saying, so he's probably going to be my last pick as an example. So do you want to go first or do you want to go two and three? Uh oh, John, I might need you to hop back in here. <laughs> oh, here he is. Hello, friend. Um, hello, friends. Uh, there's an tab right next to my notes, and I might have clicked that. Uh, I will go ahead and let go first. Let me go first. Mm, you're not afraid I'm going to take your guy, huh? Uh, I am, but I prepared for that. No, I'm not going to take your guy. I don't. I don't want any part of him on my, on my three man squad here. Um, let's see. I guess I should go with the guy I'm most worried about you taking. I'll go bench player Isaiah Pacheco, and we still we have this conversation. We're still classifying him as a bench player because he's only had like two weeks of of 10 points now. And he is definitely not 
quite, although maybe he is now after 20 plus carries the other day, but he's not a locked and loaded starter by, by any means for, for fantasy teams that he's on. But the Chiefs really seem like they are trying to kind of let him cook a little bit, trying to get him involved in the offense and get him comfortable down the stretch to, to be their lead guy. They finally drew up a passing play for him their day. That was very exciting. He, he rushed for a touchdown too. He also, after Aaron Donald did a very mean thing to Trey Smith, he also broke an Aaron Donald tackle, which was pretty impressive as well. So not saying Pacheco is like a world beater, but I think Pacheco you could probably say is an above average running back and above average running back in a Chiefs offense has great potential to be a league winner, even if the passing stuff is not there. I mean, I think the snaps were like 39 Pacheco, 31 McKinnon. And so that obviously proves, number one, that McKinnon is not only a third down guy, but number two, McKinnon is still the third down guy. And we saw why, was it against the Jags? No, it was, uh oh, the Chargers, where Pacheco was was pass blocking and he literally got ran over by Derwin James and and got Mahomes sacked. And and that that is why he, he's not playing on those downs. So the upside may not be like Damian Williams down the stretch of the 2020 season or 2019, 2019 season, I guess it was the first Super Bowl run, where he came in and, and was immediately a league winner. We don't have that kind of upside here, but – I, I still think it's top 20, top top 16 type of upside at running back, and and I'm on Pacheco as being a very, very impactful guy down the stretch. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm not concerned about the Melvin Gordon signing. I think, if anything, Melvin Gordon's going to factor into the passing game. Uh, out of every Kansas City Chiefs player who's rushed the ball this year, excluding the wide receivers, obviously, um, Pacheco has like one – EPA per rush added compared to everybody else who's in the negatives. So he's been the most efficient. I assume you have to exclude the wide receivers because McCole Harbin probably is yes. like actually insanely good in that stat. Well, right and now. Tony actually, yeah, they both are, are doing very well in that category. Uh, and the, we mentioned this earlier, the Denver Broncos currently have a very good defense and I expect they'll continue to, but the Kansas City Chiefs play them twice, and there's a really high likelihood that we put up some points pretty quickly. Well, and and and, we and the, the Texans and the Texans. And so the Texans. and there's so there's probably going to be a lot of opportunity like there was the other day for Pacheco to potentially rack up 20 plus carries. Yeah, I think by win percentage alone, Kansas City has like the second easiest schedule going forward, and the hardest mm-hmm. game is this this week against the Bengals, and yep. then it really starts to fall off. Um, and I just say that because that's a really good opportunity to have the running back. Um, going into December, especially, the Chiefs are going to try to find ways to not make Mahomes throw for 400 yards a game and rush the ball six, seven times. Uh, and Pacheco's shown to have the ability to hopefully close out games that the Chiefs have needed so frequently. And it's always good um, to have a running back in a top offense. For five weeks of the season, CEH was a top five running back based solely on touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Pacheco could, could do the same thing. I mean, yeah. there's no reason he can't. Yeah, and and CH, even though he wasn't the third down back, was more involved in the passing game than Pacheco has been so far. Now, like I said, we did see Pacheco actually run a route, not from the backfield, like as an actual receiver, got motioned in and ran kind of an angle route and, and had a nice play. I'm gonna make a prediction. I think sometime in the next couple of weeks, Pacheco's gonna catch a catch and break a screen pass for like a 40-yard touchdown. That they're gonna get him in the screen game a little bit on a non- you know, third down where he where he doesn't have to be trusted to be the third down back. I, I think he's gonna gonna break one because 
we see the speed and and we see the the anger that that man runs with just get him in space once and and see what happens yeah absolutely um and the thing is the chiefs are going to want to see what he has in the passing game before we get to the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, i mean that's just what any team's going to do so i love it i think he absolutely has that league winner archetype you're looking for um and the the matchups really favor him going forward mm-hmm. all right you've got the next two picks all right so uh i will go ahead and start with my waiver wire guy um because i had two here uh but i really wanted to get to talk about him again because he's available in 70 percent of leagues um and with good reason because he's on ir currently and it's not jameson williams you will not be hearing his name uh right now <laughs> but it is khalil herbert uh so khalil herbert Unfortunately, dislocated his hip, got put on IR a couple weeks ago. He is slated to return week 15. So before your fantasy playoffs, um, right now, David Montgomery is handling the lion's share of the duties. We don't know whether Justin Fields will play again this season. The Bears clearly want to establish the run when Justin Fields isn't or is in the game. And Khalil Herbert has just shown he's better than David Montgomery. He was really working himself into a split. And it's also really rare you can get a a guy that's, you know, the secondary running back and could be the top running back on his team off waivers this late in the season. Mm -hmm. But with him going on IR, I'm sure a lot of owners dropped him, especially if they're making a late season push. Um, So I love the idea of getting my hands on him. He's not a guy the Bears are going to back off of using to end the season. He's locked up with them for another three seasons. Um, So David, or sorry, Khalil Herbert is a guy that I love for going for on your waivers. Yeah, I would say my my only issue with that would be whether or not he actually comes back or, or not. But yeah, at the end of the day, all, all you're risking is a spot at the end of your roster. So it's not like you're you're spending a lot to go get the guy. So yeah, I think it's a worthwhile gambit. But I like I said, I, I do worry about whether or not he'll be back because the Bears are playing for nothing but draft picks at this point. Now, I guess we'll see what they do with Fields uh, these last couple of games. If they actually play him, that may tell us a lot about their attitude of continuing to play guys down the stretch. But, yeah, I, I don't hate going out and picking up Herbert and, and seeing what happens by any means. Who, who's your second second guy up? Um, You know, since you already covered your bench guy, I'll just leave him for later. I'll go with okay. starter. Uh I'm going with Tony Pollard here. Okay. Uh, I think that Tony Pollard is – he's now getting the majority of the work. You're not at all depressed that it was closer to a 50-50 snap share on Thanksgiving. No, I'm not. Um, and even then, his usage is way more intriguing. I mean, when he was getting like the 30-70 last year and still like fringe flex flex player with that usage yeah they they weren't giving him the ball every snap when he's in he's touching the ball almost every time uh he has like the third most receiving yards of any running back right now i believe which is incredibly hard to do um and that's because like every fourth reception is a wheel route for a yes. touchdown it feels like for tony pollard <laughs> which it's amazing what happens when you just use your running backs right looking at you washington um yeah. but he is just one step away from another Zeke injury. And the guy went nuclear the last time Zeke got injured. Yep. He, I don't think Zeke's still fully healthy. He's surviving his games on touchdown equity. And even if that continues, Tony Pollard is like, 
He is kind of what we thought DeAndre Swift was going to be to start this season, like in a timeshare, but being really effective with it. Man, but that one hurts. That one hurts. Swift is almost is basically you can't start him. Exactly. Right yeah. Um, but Pollard is doing what we thought Swift was going to do, which is very efficient touches, ability yep. to get in the red zone, and involved in the passing downward in an offense that's actually clicking and needs receiving options um, because it's just the CD show at this point. Yep, and I'll be curious. You know, the the game on Thanksgiving got out of hand and was so clearly it, it was so clear the Cowboys were going to win that game about midway through the third quarter that they were able to give Zeke his token red zone touches and and had his touchdowns. I'll be curious to see their first close game kind of post Zeke injury and post, you know, Tony Pollard explosion for like the fifth time, but post big explosion this year, I'll be curious to see if Zeke is still handling all of those high leverage goal line touches or, or if Pollard will get more involved and be able to kind of work, work himself into their, inside the five offense which i think he should not not that zeke zeke that is probably one of the things he does best at this point is pick up the short yards but not everything is going to be a a third and goal on the one sometimes you might have to get three yards and the nfl you it's not like college you sometimes have to make guys miss and break tackles and just be more explosive than the other guy to, to score from three yards away yep um so i'll be looking forward to that but evan who's your next Okay, well, I've got the next two, so it doesn't matter which order I do this. I'll save the starter for last. Um, I think people are going to be mad at me for for who I pick as as my starter. Um, for my waiver guy, I'm doing what I always talk about that I hate doing, and that's uh, playing a little Shanahan roulette here and going oh, uh, Tyrion Davis Price. I mean, there are a ton, a ton of options out there to go pick up there are not many options with the upside of of davis price on your waivers to be clear i think it's him over jordan mason although jordan mason twitter hive i see you i hear you i i want i want to be in that hive very badly i have him on my taxi squad on on dynasty so i've been there um but we have obviously elijah mitchell done for six to eight weeks so for the rest of the fantasy relevant games and probably beyond that to, to be frank um, and then you have CMC, who, as of today, Wednesday, did not practice due to a knee irritation. And it sounds like something that he did in in the game on Sunday. And I know I know Jordan Mason got the carries in that game and actually sealed the game for them late. But we kind of saw this movie earlier in the season that he's active in a special teams role as that third running back in week two. Uh, when it was basically just the two of them as running backs, it was 14 carries for uh, TDP and Jordan Mason didn't, didn't have a touch in that game. So I think he's going to immediately be the RB two going forward. Although that's a, it's a risky proposition to say, I know for sure what's going to happen with this. I definitely don't like if TDP is not available or you just aren't able to get them, like someone outbids you or it's already happened. They already at bid you, you know, whatever, like, Go pick up Jordan Mason and just see. It's not the worst move. But for this pick, I'm taking Davis Price because we know the running game can be very profitable in this offense. And we know that the backup spot, which, by the way, Elijah Mitchell was getting his fair share of of run behind McCaffrey. So even if McCaffrey doesn't miss time, I think Davis Price is going to get touches down the stretch. And, I mean, the Niners are a Super Bowl contender. They should be being careful 
with Christian McCaffrey down the stretch. So we'll we'll see what McCaffrey's availability is going forward. All I know is this dude has done it to us the last two years, and I don't hate picking up his backup when he's clearly banged up right now. Yeah, so I'm curious why you didn't pick Tevin Coleman up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I even though I made the Tevin Coleman joke earlier, I, I think he's terrible. That's what I think. Yes, uh, I, I do like playing Shanahan Roulette. Um, I wouldn't mind rostering two of those running backs this week to see who pops off if I have the roster space. Yeah. Um, because clearly they're going to put someone behind Christian McCaffrey. And as we've seen in San Francisco for the last umpteen years with Kyle Shanahan, he loves to use players who aren't the stars on that team. Debo, George Kittle not getting mm-hmm. red zone targets. Brandon Ayuk being a, a dud the first half of last season. Uh, so it's very possible that his love for TDP finally shows. The guy was a third-round pick and yep. got them to cut Trey Sermon. Rest in peace. It was <laughs> former, a second-round pick. Yeah, it's like former second-round pick. So yeah. it, it's hard to say draft capital means too much, but they should at least – now, they shouldn't do it at the expense of winning games, but if the opportunity arises due to injury or just even if they are winning some of these games and have some carries to, to spare, some non-high-leverage carries, like – they should want to see what they have in TDP because they just, like you said, spent a third round pick on the guy and I'm sure they're going to draft two more running backs in the draft next year. So we'll, we'll see if they actually have to spend two or three picks and, and free agent spots on running back next year, or maybe they actually have a guy that can stick as the RB two slash RB three when Elijah Mitchell is or isn't around. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the only thing that sucks is it's Kyle Shanahan, so there might be a guy we don't know whose name is on the roster. <laughs> the one. Somehow Jamichael Hasty is going to come back and, and get carries. Yeah. Oh, my off, God. Off of the Jags. All right. My starter, I think if you have this guy, you're probably dead or close to dead. But just in case you're not, Dalton, I kind of think DJ Moore is going to be a league winner down the stretch. <laughs> I'm just not doing this. <laughs> this is this a bit? Is this one of those things where you're like, oh, I don't know, who could I get going here? No, like I I know DJ Moore was he was one of my my guys. He was, and he is even though he's been the wide receiver 25 up to this point, the ride has been such to where he is not bringing wide receiver 25 value to your fantasy football team. Um, but here's the thing. I mentioned that athletic article earlier. The Panthers are tied for the second easiest playoff wide receiver schedule. They play the Steelers who give up the, and this is in the playoffs. They play the Steelers who have given up the most points to receivers this year. The Lions who are sixth and the Bucks who are giving up 33 points per game to, to receivers. And like I said, even though that wide receiver 25 it has not helped you that much, this year he is still somehow a <laughs> the wide receiver 25 on the season he's averaged 70 yards per game with sam darnold and pj walker 35 yards per game with baker mayfield so this is all on the stipulation of baker mayfield is not the one throwing him passes in any of these games per adam levitan levitan he's at about 16 points per game uh with darnold and and Baker and about 10 points per game ish with uh with Baker Mayfield. So it's been a big difference. I mean, this is a guy that's he's the only receiver in the NFL with 1200 scrimmage yards in the last 3 seasons. Never got past 60 yards in a game with Baker. Sam Darnold was back for one game. DJ Moore immediately goes four receptions, 103 yards and one touchdown. Like 
I get it. I know he's been frustrating, but I think DJ Moore has the potential to be a league winner down the stretch with a nice matchup and Sam Darnold at quarterback. And he's going to finish as like the wide receiver 15. And we're going to have to, not that we're going to be anti DJ Moore, especially if the situation somehow improves, but we're going to have to at least remind people, Hey, like he probably lost you your league before he did that last year. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things where, we're going to have to recap the fantasy ride mm-hmm. and not just look at the fantasy numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Russell Wilson might end up a top 12 quarterback, but God okay. forbid anybody drafts him. Well, let's not get crazy. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not get crazy. Uh, I don't mind it. The Panthers have an easy schedule. Uh, Sam Darnold looks to be their best quarterback right now. Uh, I guess Baker Mayfield is the death nail for wide receiver ones in yeah. any offense. Yeah. Um, so – yeah, DJ Moore is also hyper talented, so I don't mind it. Um, I just would be remiss to wonder if you're even viable to get to the playoffs at this point. If you still have the ability to trade, maybe go after the poor DJ Moore owner. Yeah, and, and see what's going on in their head. Yep, and yeah, he he may not be on a lot of playoff teams, but I mean, you never know. There there's so many guys who who hit who like you could have drafted DJ Moore high, but also drafted. Chris Olave or you know whatever and you you've kind of made up for that production through another guy if you if you bail on DJ Moore early enough to not get burned by him too many times it's possible he's alive in more in more leagues for playoff spots than than we think but but yeah I I hate to do it again I hate to be the DJ Moore guy again but I I just think there's a great chance that he's going to be one of the fantasy MVPs of the last three weeks of the season. <laughs> Disturbingly disgusting. <laughs> uh, well, I'll go with my bench guy here. Um, he's another name that's not like super sexy, but I'm going with Zay Jones. Uh, the The Jaguars came out of the bye with a clear intention to involve him in their game. He had 14 targets into the week as the wide receiver five. And he's pretty pretty consistent this season when it comes to his involvement in the Panthers' offense. And sorry, not the Panthers, the Jaguars. We're mixing our cats up on this podcast. <laughs> um, but he's just been incredibly good for the Jaguars and what they need. He does a lot of their underneath stuff and their lower A dot routes. While of course Christian Kirk is running a lot of their deeper stuff uh, on the season. He's wide receiver thirty four, but like post by, I was very impressed with Trevor Lawrence. And I really want a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's probably the player you can get. Marvin Jones is another guy in this offense who's kind of interesting, but not really. Uh, I think say Jones going forward is going to be a huge piece of it. He's one step away from an injury to Christian Kirk to being the wide receiver one in an offense. That's kind of running and humming and they get the lions this week. Like if there's a week for for us to see whether or not Zay Jones is for real, it's this week. He's going to have a good matchup in a positive uh, environment, and a surprisingly fun game to watch this week is going to be the Lions Jaguars. So yeah. I love putting him on your bench because I think he he could be one of those streaming wide receivers who you know in the in the season as a top twenty four, and you look back and you're like, well, how did he get there? I will say. So one thing he has working against them is the first two weeks of the playoffs, they get the Cowboys and the Jets, which I know like Jets by name, you might think that's a good matchup. The Jets have been a good defense this year. They do play Houston in week 17. So that that may be your, your streaming opportunity right there. I will say with Zay Jones, I, I, I'm not saying you don't agree with this, but I just think he's just a guy like he's. He's been in the league for since 2018 and never really 
been good. He was in Vegas the last couple of years and they desperately needed receiving help there. And he, he's about to have the best season of his career to be clear. It's like, he's having a good year, but he's never gotten above 652 yards. That was his rookie year line in Buffalo. So I, I want you I, to talk to him after this week. I just, you know, he had 19 points in week three, and then his next three games were 2.7, 6.7, and 8.8. So I, I just don't think – and again, not that any of – none of these guys are like sure things to to do what we're saying by any means. But I, I just I just feel like I would be pretty not – I would not be surprised if Zay Jones has a – you know, had the good game. Maybe he plays well against the Lions too and then just puts up a couple stinkers because he's just a guy – who's kind of a journeyman wide receiver where it's really, you're just going to have to guess right um, for him on a given week. But I also understand the upside because I'm, I'm with you that I love what I saw from Trevor Lawrence. I think everybody who watched that game loved what they saw from Trevor Lawrence. And then I mentioned it, the week 17 matchup against Houston is, is definitely juicy. It's happening. The Trevor Lawrence breakout is here. <laughs> All right, Dalton. Uh, before we move on from this segment entirely, I kind of lost track of, of which ones you picked, so I didn't want to to say a name and then have you say, okay, that was my my guy. What the hell? But a, a waiver guy who I think that we haven't mentioned that you should probably just go pick up if you have a spot is Keontae Ingram. No more Eno Benjamin there. He's the clear James Conner backup. Uh, need I say more? He's the clear James Conner backup. What are you saying about James Conner? I'm saying the guy has missed a little bit of time here and there. Uh, another guy I like just mentioning the waivers is Traylon Burks. He's still available in 50% of leagues and leads the – every game he's played, he's led the team in target share. Um so absolutely love the the moonshot on him. How would you like your first career touchdown to be picking up a fumble in the end zone? It's Derrick Henry's fumble, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, you pick up a Hall of Famer's fumble, I guess. But uh, okay, all right, Dalton. We've got a little who's that Pokemon uh, to close us out. And of course, before we actually get to it, we gotta play the song at least once. Who's that Pokemon? All right, we've got two each. Do you want to go? You want me to go? How, how do you want to do this? Johnny, you can hop back in here. Yeah, I can start. I'll go first um, because the first one, I made a really concerted effort to leave all the numbers out this time for oh, wow. our lovely producer, Johnny Pham. <laughs> uh, so whenever we're ready, I'll go ahead and get this started. This guy is in the NFC. Okay. He's been a top 12 wide receiver the last three weeks. He just became the team's number one pass option over the last three weeks. On the season, he's only run 56% of his team's routes, but over the last two weeks, he's above 80%. And the quarterback he's playing with is not elite. Is not elite? Not elite at all, no. So it's not Joe Flacco? No, it is not Joe Flacco. Okay. It's... You know, I kind of, I don't want to say I stopped listening, but I stopped focusing halfway through because at a certain point you said something that made me think it was Chris Goblin. And then you said something else that made me think, okay, it's probably not him, but I couldn't get off of it. So I'm just going to get the Chris Goblin guess out of the way right now. It is not Chris Godwin. And God forbid you say Tom Brady's not a lead on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Not elite. Top 12 receiver 
the last three weeks, a guy that wasn't running that many routes early in the season. But yeah, running, I, I will say he was a healthy scratch a couple of games this season. He was a healthy scratch a couple yes. of games this season? Yes. He was probably a borderline cut option at training camp. Okay, it's not Brandon Ayuk. That would have been last year. Mm, Johnny, any guess? NFC? Uh, I NFC. think NFC. This is a, it's on a playoff team, too, if that helps. Not, it's the NFC, so like 17 of them are playoff teams, but. Me too. I just I can't like everyone who I'm thinking of that's good. I can't think of anybody. It's tough to think of anybody who's good who has been through. I didn't say this guy was good. He's just the top twelve wide receiver the last three weeks. That's true. The last three weeks, but hmm. see, like I don't know. Like this, this has the profile of a like this. It's not a rookie. I'll I'll keep giving you because this is a hard one. See Johnny, I, I make it easy. I try and make it so you guys have a chance. And look what look what Dalton just does to us every week. <laughs> uh, you guys want to hear it? I do. I do not. I do not actually want to hear it. I want. I want to keep stalling. Johnny, do you have a guess? It is not Brandon Ayuk. Is it Brandon Ayuk from 2021? Like I already <laughs> said earlier, it could be Brandon Ayuk from 2021. Okay. Oh man! I mean, Darius Slayton. That's my final guess. It's Darius Slayton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it! I thought I was gonna get you. Though. I was I was really stumbling through uh, playoff teams with bad receiving rooms. I was like, oh, the Giants clearly need to be where where I'm looking. Yeah, when I sat down for this week, I was like, I'm gonna get a Giants receiver in here just for fun, see if they can't figure it out. Um, but yeah, it's Darius Slayton. Surprisingly, he's a wide receiver eleven over the last three weeks coming out of the Giants bye. And he I mean, he was the guy they talked about trading in the offseason. Yeah, and I mean, I guess part of it is they trade Kadarius Tony, and that opens up some spot, some time for him. But like Kadarius Tony wasn't even playing anyway, so I I don't I can't really like Wendell Robinson was obviously in and out and then back in and towards ACL. So now he's permanently out. So that obviously has opened up some more time, but he he's just one of the few guys on the team that can actually, for lack of a better way of putting this, be a receiver, like run routes down the field and, and catch deep passes, not just be a guy that they run a play, a play action boot for and, and throw a pass two yards downfield. And is outperforming Kitty Galladay. Oh, God. I almost forgot Kenny Galladay existed. Okay. My first one here. I'll, I'll, I'll give us a Who's That Pokemon for all of them. Who's That Pokemon? All right. This guy's a quarterback in the AFC. Since week six, he is the QB7. QB9 in points per game over that time. And I had to remove two fake guys in front of him, Teddy Bridgewater, Mike White. I'm sorry, your your one game doesn't doesn't count for this, unfortunately. But even though he's been a top 10 quarterback for the last six weeks, people don't seem to be fully bought into him as a fantasy starter. I looked at fantasy pros rest of season ranks before we hopped on. He is not inside the top 12 at quarterback in the rest of season ranks. And he's behind guys like Tom Brady, who I know we joked about. And 
not that he's not good, but he's not been Tom Brady. The Bucks have not been the Bucks. That's pretty t- common knowledge at this point. And Kirk Cousins, who can give you literally one point or 20 points. You, you just don't quite know um, with him. Whereas this guy has finished inside the top 12 in five of his last six games. Any guesses? What division? I'm not giving you a division. Just AFC, AFC. NFC. Oh, AFC. AFC. I have a couple more uh, hints I can I can run through. I mean, we were giving him praise earlier. Is it Trevor Lawrence? See, I knew as soon as Trevor Lawrence got brought up, this one was going to get guessed. I wanted to talk about Lawrence, and of course, you you brought him up. But he ranks in the top half of the league in accuracy rating, true completion percentage, pressure completion percentage, play action completion percentage. And he's number six in that, by the way. Maybe run some more play action. Uh, Jacksonville red zone completion percentage and true pass rating. He's also seventh at the position in EPA. And I mean, this is a guy last year, he had eight games of five carries or more. He only has three this year. So he's doing less running. Maybe the running can pick up down the stretch and he can be even more valuable, but I don't really see why he's not a top 12 quarterback rest of season, which fancy pros has him 14 right now, which is fringe, but We've talked about the struggle of finding guys past that top tier of quarterback. Like I, I think Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, there are still there are people out there still trying to make Russell Wilson a thing this season, mm-hmm. Derek Carr a thing this season. As far as like pocket passing goes, he's he's one of those guys you want. I might feel more comfortable with him than Kirk Cousins in a lot of situations right now. I will say you're you're still playing matchups with him. Like we talked about the Jack schedule earlier. I'm not starting him unless he's just played unbelievable these next couple of weeks. But I'm probably not starting him in week one of my playoffs against the Cowboys. But I'm probably not going to be scared off by the Jets matchup if I'm in a spot where I need to use him. And then obviously the Houston matchup you feel great no about. No wonder you knew Zay Jones matchup so well. I was like, <laughs> man, he was really prepared for this one. I was just, I was just good Trevor Lawrence, like a, like an hour before I got on here. So yeah, I was, I was all over that. All right, Dalton. Who's that Pokemon? All right, we're back to numbers, Johnny. Um, okay. Starting off, this guy's in the NFC. He is a wide receiver. Uh, I like these numbers so far. Keep going. Oh, Max is a fan too. Max, I think we have mail. Uh, he, uh, this guy does have the dog in him as well. Okay, uh, he is a top 12 wide receiver this season. He's 24% in targets per route run on his team, with 41% of the team's targets and or sorry, 28% of the team's targets and 41% of the team's air yards. So, this guy is doing a great job right now. Any guesses? Yes. NFC top 12 receiver. I mean, there there can't I, I think we just had CD Lamb last week. I was gonna say AJ Brown's my guess. AJ Brown. <laughs> uh it is AJ Brown, uh, who just continues to be so successful and the guy I'm just loving to watch in the NFL. Have you ever puked so hard that you popped a blood vessel in your eye? Because that's what AJ Brown did before uh, before their game last weekend. Got the dog in him. He's God. puking that dog up. Lost seven pounds, he said. Yeah, and still scored touchdown. He did. Uh, yep, it, that's true. Well, have you ever popped a blood vessel? That's what I thought. 
Also true. Fair. I mean, who's to say? Who's to say Giant would fumble if he got tackled by an NFL player? I've seen you fumble many bags. <laughs> All right. We've got one more guy before we get out of here. Who's that Pokemon? I guess you're NFC. I'm AFC today. I am uh, AFC for the second guy as well. He's a running back. He is outside of the top 30 this year, averaging just under eight points per game. He has never averaged below nine points per game any other year of his career. He only has two games in double digits this season and has not reached double digits for basically two months. At this point, he has more games outside the top 50 than inside the top 20 this season. And he actually, he just forget only reaching double digits twice this year. It hasn't happened for a month. So it hasn't, it's only happened twice. Hasn't happened for a month. His ADP though was in the top 100. I know you know who this is, but I got it's, it's because you let it up earlier. You talked about this team earlier. Who is it? It's Kareem Hunt. Yeah, it's Kareem Hunt. See, <laughs> both of my guys got mentioned earlier earlier in the show. It's such oh. crap. His ADP top 100 ahead of guys like Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Brandon Ayuk, Kenneth Walker. This is finally the year that Kareem Hunt's not paying off in, in a big way for people that drafted him. I mean, you look at his career averages in it, it, throughout his career, 12.4 points per game, 12.5 points per game. The 9.2 points per game, the closest to this year, was the year that he came back midway through the season after being suspended, so his first year in Cleveland. And then you go back to Kansas City, obviously, 19.8, which I kind of forget how, how good he was in those was first so 11 games before everything uh, went wrong, obviously. And then 16.8 points per game as a rookie. I just thought it was worth noting that I feel like we haven't really talked about it much, but I mean, Kareem Hunt hasn't gotten double digit touches, let alone double digit points in most of the Browns games this season. And he, at, at this point, I think he had, he has to be thought of as a, high-end handcuff like probably the number one handcuff i don't think you can start kareem hunt right now no i agree um i mean in the nick chubb breakout is more than welcome on this podcast yes uh but yeah he's just been playing out bad uh he was a guy who i really thought was going to be traded at the trade deadline uh, if you are i mean you have to roster him still because if nick chubb gets hurt he's a top five guy oh, of course i mean he he's the number one guy in the conversation of guys we were talking about earlier and your new hope is going to have to be Deshaun Watson brings the, the this offense into a different realm. Yep, and that that's what I was going to say is at least the X factor is we don't know how Deshaun Watson is going to look. We know he didn't look great in week one of, of the preseason or whatever week of the preseason he played, and he's obviously missed a ton of time. There's not a, a ton of uh, precedent for guys miss, missing so much time and, and coming back. So we don't, we just, we, it's, it's just hard to say, but there is at least a ceiling that doesn't, that didn't exist before. But I think for now it's gotta be a wait and see. And I think if you were to think about starting Hunt in two weeks in your playoffs, he would have to have shown you multiple good weeks in a row, I think, to earn that trust. I mean, you better not be starting him in your playoffs. If you are, you were down real bad and you didn't listen to our advice to pick up a bunch of handcuffs. Probably, although you never know. You never know what type of uh, injuries can can creep up. All right, we've got two questions in chat that 
I, I wanted to touch on very quickly before I got out of here. Start one at your flex, half point per reception, and this is a must win to make the playoffs. Mike Evans or Cortland Sutton, and then uh, Trevor Lawrence or Kirk Cousins. And he print parentheses, which is a very important note. Mike Evans is playing uh, Lattimore for the Saints this week. <laughs> that is a very important note. Uh, historically, that does not work out well for Mike Evans. Uh, but I'm going Mike Evans. Uh, one, I, I think if you're going down, you have to go, even though both teams have been going down plenty this year, I think you have to go down with the Bucks and Mike Evans over Russell Wilson and the Broncos and Cortland Sutton. The Broncos, who are literally the worst offense of the last 20 years. Yes. Well, and just to add to that, I'm not a big narrative street guy, but Mike Evans literally got ejected and suspended for a game for defending Tom Brady against Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints last time they played this season. Mm -hmm. And if there's ever a time for Tom Brady, who is definitely a guy who likes to try to make statements to make a statement, it is over-targeting Mike Evans in this game and trying to prove a point to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, And again, I mean, skill to skill, Evans is better. Brady's better. Like, even if the Bucks' offense is anemic this year, the <laughs> the Denver Broncos are just so bad. Yes. And then I'm going with uh, Lawrence in that matchup. I mean, I said it earlier, but Lions-Jags, like, that's going to be a shootout. It is a very, very juicy matchup for Trevor Lawrence to play the Lions. I think it's easy. I don't know who the Vikings play. I haven't even looked. But. I looked. I looked right. I'm looking right now. They play the Jets. So, like I said earlier, Jets. Oh aren't, yeah. Aren't, aren't aren't a gimme matchup by by any means. No, I'm a hundred percent going away from Kirk Cousins just anytime I can. Yeah, I'm. I would lean into to Lawrence and that Lions matchup this week as well. Last question: uh, Trade Deshaun Watson for Mike Evans and Jamar Chase. This is a two quarterback league. He already has Burrow and Josh Allen. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. You have clearly made it this far on the strength of two very good quarterbacks. You're out of out of their buys. Like I know it's a risk if one of them gets hurt, but you're trading a receiver who's underperformed and a quarterback you literally have not had all year for a guy who could be a potential league winner. I would imagine, or not potential league winner, is a league winner as long as he plays. What I would say is if you're having any second thoughts, I'm assuming it's about the health. And if you want to be cautious, as long as that trade's not going to go away, as long as Chase isn't going to get dealt, as long as your deadline isn't literally today, you can wait a couple more days and just make sure Chase is still on track to play and everything you know, kind of seems okay from a health standpoint. But you're probably still going to have to take a little bit of a leap there. Yeah, and I, I just want to be as far away from Deshaun Watson. Uh, I know I know, like this is a fantasy analyst, good, good analyst, but he his – preseason game he played he was like 0 for 8 completions 10 of the accusers um in the sexual assault allegations will be at the stadium like it's very bad optics for the nfl and we know the nfl just occasionally does things to make themselves look better and i wouldn't be surprised if after a game the optics look worse roger goodell comes out and there's another suspension levied against him if any other allegations come forward i would try to get off to sean watson no matter what because i just feel like that's always going to be a ticking time bomb going forward Allegations aside, which from a fancy perspective, obviously we have to do that, but real life perspective, they're obviously terrible and and all of that stuff. But it's kind of like what we were talking. Like you can think of Deshaun Watson kind of in the same way as a handcuff running back. 
or as a as a backup receiver, sorry. And you can think of you know you can think of it like you're basically holding a backup who you've been stashing all season. You're only going to start him if one of your two guys gets hurt, and you're trading him for a guy who literally could be the wide receiver one the rest of the way because kind of not so quietly the Bengals offense is looking really really good the last couple of weeks and Jamar Chase is only going to add to that when he comes back yeah absolutely all right anything else to add before we get out of here no I think that's all all righty that is going to do it for episode 93 of the half point per podcast thank you guys so much for listening give us a follow on twitter instagram and tiktok at half point per pod subscribe to the youtube channel also half point per podcast on youtube the link to all of these things in the show notes as always we will respond to questions in the chat on the youtube channel during the show as well so that's one benefit of doing that there the show is obviously available anywhere you listen to podcasts spotify apple etc i hear that spotify has like this cool spotify wrapped thing that maybe if you listen to our podcast enough it might show up next year so if it works for you you can give that a shot uh thank you guys as always so much for listening best of luck and what is surely a lot of must-win matchups everywhere and we will talk to you guys giant Dalton will talk to you guys i should say next week and i'll be back the week after that 